Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Overtime on the fan. Quick cleanup on aisle me. Uh, slash too many football games yesterday. I said in the last segment that Bill Belichick uh, and Mac Jones and the Patriots lost yesterday. They didn't. They came back and beat the Texans, who are terrible. Uh, but they were down for most of the day yesterday, and so credit to them come back. Uh, my points don't really change, but I do want to get that correct. So thanks to Jim on Twitter for getting me that. Joining me now uh, to talk some hockey on the BetQL guest line is Sam Pell of the Washington Post. Sam, it's it's you on the radio season. Happy season. Hey. Thank you so much. Yeah, right around the corner. <laughs> yep, uh, opening night, a couple nights away, and unfortunately we don't think Alex Ovechkin is going to be out there. What is the latest on his injury, and how is, is it possible still that he could play uh, in a couple nights? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, anything's possible with Alex Ovechkin. You know, I think if he does wake up Wednesday morning and he feels like he wants to play, he's going to go out there and play. Uh, so what happened to him was, you know, Friday in the preseason finale, just really earlier there in the first period, it looked like he, you know, kind of delivered a hit on Konechny on the Flyers and just kind of looked like he kind of fell awkwardly onto the ice. His left leg didn't seem like he was putting too much weight on it as he was leaving the ice. And if she is day to day with a lower body injury, he hasn't skated since then. The team had an off day on Saturday and, you know, we'll see if he is on the ice tomorrow for an optional skate uh, before Wednesday's game. So as of right now, his status is still up in the air. We haven't seen him actually on the ice, but he has been around the practice facility walking around normally. So that's at least a good sign. Definitely a good sign. Uh, we talked so much last year, and I'm sure an inordinate amount of your life was spent on all of the things that Evgeny Kuznetsov was doing and the <laughs> organization's thoughts on him and whether or not they were going to trade him, what detrimental effects he was having on other play. Like it was to sum it up in one word, a lot, I guess technically two words, whatever it was. <laughs> a lot ultimately here we are 48 hours from opening night opening uh, puck drops on wednesday and he's still here how did the summer transpire where that is the case yeah so you know the capitals they did explore options with Evgeny kuznetsov as they did with a lot of their other players but 
with him, you know, his name was on the table to be traded. They obviously, you know, had to listen to offers from other teams and try to see what other teams wanted. And just in the end, you know, they felt like this was the best that they could do in terms of keeping Kuznetsov on the team. They feel like he did have an inconsistent last season, but in terms of the trade value and what they would have gotten back, this was just the best option for them at this point. And, you know, I think they do believe that Kuznetsov kind of still can reach his 2018 form. It's just, again, all about that mentality. Is he mentally here? Does he want to play? Um, He said everything right, you know, so far during training camp in the preseason that he feels like he is ready and the team thinks the same. But, I mean, it's going to be different when you have a full 82-game season ahead. No doubt. Sam Pell of the Washington Post with us here on the BetQL guest line, 48 hours roughly until the puck drops for the Capitals on the regular season. They are going to have one of their young guys out there that it's pretty remarkable in, in hockey to have a, you know, less than a year basically since you've been drafted, be up in the NHL and, and expected to play meaningful minutes. But that's where the Caps seem to be at with Hendricks LaPierre. What can Capitals fans expect from him? Like, what are reasonable expectations and, and what's the scouting report on him? Yeah, with him, you know, I think you kind of hit it right on the head there. He's this 19-year-old French-Canadian. You know, he was really highly treated prospect in the draft. And, you know, he kind of slipped there when the Capitals got him just because of he had a lot of injury problems that other teams were maybe a little bit wary about. The Capitals kind of took a flyer on him there in the first round. And it seems like that gamble's really paid off. You know, he's really dazzled in the preseason. Uh, he's really kind of showed what he can do at only 19 years old. Veterans have really applauded kind of his play on the ice, his vision as a center. I mean, center is such a hard position to play in general in the NHL, but for a 19-year-old to come in here and play the way he has, it's been super impressive. And I think, you know, he does deserve a shot uh, to start the season here at the Caps. And, you know, really this entire situation really would not be a conversation if Nicholas Backstrom was healthy to start the season. It looks like he's not going to start the season with that left hip injury. And so, it kind of cleared the way for a competition in camp between Connor McMichael and Hendricks Lapierre. And it looks like uh, Lapierre kind of won it out and he'll make his debut on Wednesday. That's, I mean, good for him. 19. That's uh, it's a tough league to play as a teenager. We'll see how he does. Um, we also think, of, speaking of things that we spent a lot of time on, uh, we had to uh, in the playoffs and late down the stretch last year on the goaltending situation because there were so many different things happening from injuries to COVID to this, that, the other thing. As the dust has settled, it looks like Ilya Samsonov is going to be the starter for this team. How confident are you in his ability to maintain over the 82 and, and, and perform at a high level? And, and what's their situation behind him? I know Vanacek is still obviously waiting in the wings. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. Peter Laviolette still has it named uh, internally or, you know, at least externally to us, a starter. It, it all signs do point to Samsonov, and it seems like he does have the highly higher ceiling than Vitek Vanacek, but I think it is a really big year for Samsonov to kind of prove that he belongs in the NHL and can handle, you know, a number one starting goaltender role. He signed a one-year, $2 million contract in the offseason, and it is kind of a prove it or, you know, show up contract, however you, you want to kind of phrase it. But with him, you know, he was so inconsistent last season, and he was on the COVID list twice and was caught up with, you know, getting Kuznetsov. It, it just had so many problems. He, you know, he had the kind of gap in the second overtime period there in the postseason. So there was a lot of things that added up for him that obviously he did not um, want to go his way. And now he kind of has a clean slate here with, you know, still a lot of veterans in front of him and, you know, kind of a really core group of guys that will help him through it. But, yeah, I mean, mindset going forward is 
It seems like Sam Sanoff should start on Wednesday and just kind of seeing how the season goes. Bobby Aleph believes that this league is still a two-goalie league and he's going to probably lean on Ganichek, I would assume, I think at least maybe more than others may think. And obviously a huge part of his success will be how the guys in front of him play. Where is this team at uh, defensively? You know, it was a strength for Obviously, you go back to the, the Stanley Cup here. Everything's a strength when you win the mm-hmm. Cup. It takes, a, it takes a full team effort. But, you know, John Carlson, the, the stalwart, you look around, they just released Michael Kempney. Like, where, where are they at defensively? A lot of youth uh, and a lot of new names. Yeah, defensively, I think it's a really interesting core group of guys. You know, John Carlson's still going to lead the group. You know, you still have Dimitri Orlov, but Martin Saravari looks like he's poised to, you know, kind of make this full-time NHL jump. It looks like he's going to be paired on that left side with John Carlson. And, you know, after that, it's so interesting the way that they've kind of structured their D pairings. Trevor Van Riebsteig seems like he's going to be a full-time player. He was not an everyday player last season. You know, they did send Michael Kempney down uh, to Hershey and looks like he'll start the season there. So, it looks like it's it's kind of the familiar faces that everyone kind of knows and the names that they're kind of aware of. They're just going to be taking on bigger roles this season. And whether, you know, that translates to good defense to start the season, I'm not sure. I think it's still the same systems and still the same coaches. It's just probably going to take a little bit of an adjustment time, especially with a pretty heavy schedule to start. And last but not least, like, do we still consider this team contenders? You know, after the Stanley Cup, everyone's all excited. But at this point, that's a while ago. And you have some older players. We see some of the injuries and age catching up with some of the names that we've known for one, if not two decades around here. Like, where has the window closed on this team being a real contender uh, with Alex Ovechkin still on the roster? Yeah, it's such a hard question to answer because anytime you do have guys like Alex Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom, you know, John Carlson, it seems like they should give you a chance to win and you should have that chance to win every year at the Cup. But, you know, they are getting up in age. They did one in in 2018. Uh, They're starting to kind of bring this influx of youth in, but is it quick enough to maybe spark something this season? I'm not sure. I think, you know, the organization has put its trust in its longtime leaders. It doubled down on that with Ovi's contract this summer. And, you know, Backstrom and Carlson and Oshie are all signed for multiple more years. So they still have that trust in the core and they want them to repeat again. And, you know, maybe they could, but at least for right now, it seems like that kind of retool, the start of the rebuilding process seems like it's starting. If you want more, make sure you read Sam in the Washington Post. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter as well to get the direct links to all of the articles. Sam, uh, very much appreciate the time. I'm sure we'll be doing this again. And enjoy regular season games because they're almost here. Craig Hoffman with you on Overtime on the Fan. When we get back, we will discuss Ron Rivera's comments today to the press and uh, a couple more thoughts on this offense and what it could be with Taylor Heineke at the helm before we let you hear Grant and Danny's chat with Terry McLaren at the bottom of the hour. This is Overtime on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Overtime on the fan, Terry McLaurin. His chat with Grant and Danny is every single Monday, but if you're listening now, you might have been at work earlier, so I'm going to let you hear it. Coming up at 8.30. Right now, though, a little bit of what Ron Rivera had to say today, because I thought it was interesting, but I don't necessarily take it on its face for what it was. Um, he was asked by a number of different reporters, the the one you'll hear in this question is Ben Standing of The Athletic, about this struggling defense and whether he, as a guy who made his way up in the league as a linebacker, as a player, a linebacker's coach, and then a defensive coordinator, would get more involved on that side of the ball. Ron, as a little bit of a follow-up to that, as recently as your last year in Carolina, you were the play caller for that team as you've considered what to do no. to help this defense. Have you considered? Guys, 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 okay? I'm not going that way, okay? Just understand that. Um, I like what we did. I thought what we did last week gave us an opportunity, okay? So at the end of the day, what we're going to do is we're going to continue to work. Guys, the only way you're going to get better is to work and practice. Practice hard. Practice as best as you can. And then you go out and you play. Well, I was just going to ask if you were going to potentially just get even more involved than you already are. But Guys, I again, That's I cool. just, like I just said, okay? Oh, Ron, you're such a bad liar. <laughs> I wish Coach – like, if Ron Rivera answers that honestly – I'm putting this on him. I don't have any inside information. I'm not a reporter uh, anymore. I'm just a guy who knows enough to be dangerous and sometimes sound smart and probably sometimes not sound very smart uh, to the people that are that are in the building. Maybe I say some stuff and they're like, yeah, that's not how we do this anymore. But nice, nice try, guy. But if I were to take a guess, I think that Ron Rivera is lying there because his job is to make the football team better. And he's a defensive guy. Why wouldn't he get more involved? But why is that a bad thing? 
Like your job as a head coach is to plug holes. If the offense was struggling, it would be his job to go spend some more time with the offense and sit with Scott Turner and the quarterbacks or the whatever coaching conglomerate puts together the game plan and say, hey, uh, from my perspective, as someone who's been in the game for 30, 35 years, here's what I see. Here's what I think we can improve. Have we considered this? Like that's his literally his job. But he gets annoyed because he wants to give the credit to to the coordinators and the players, and you know he he doesn't want to seem like there's any dysfunction that they've got it all figured out. It's this weird thing that football coaches do. But at the end of the day, he's covering for Jack Del Rio there. He's covering for his defensive staff, and he doesn't like to have to do that. So he went on offense and got all hot and bothered, and you know now I'm sitting here talking about it. But the reality is, it's his job. He better get more involved. Because whatever they're doing right now isn't working. And that's pretty clear. They need to figure out whether it's too complicated, it's too simple, it's not sticking. Why is it not sticking? Are the players the wrong players? Or maybe, or maybe he's irritated because he knows they're bad. They made personnel mistakes in the offseason. They didn't plug holes they need to or needed to. They thought guys were better or more ready or better fits than they actually are. And they're like, crap, we're screwed. We'll do the best we can, but we, we're not going to be as good as we want. And maybe that's the conversation that he's having behind closed doors with Mayhew and Herney and, and the personnel department. I think it's all possible. But at the end of the day, like that, no, I like what we're doing. That's not the answer. No, you don't. You just lost in an embarrassing way. Want a couple embarrassing embarrassing place uh let's go to uh his thoughts on taylor heineke because i do want to talk about the offense a little bit we spent a lot of time on the defense tonight but there's even if it's not the bigger problem there's interesting things to discuss here's what ron said when he was asked about heineke's performance well unfortunately you know we were in a position where i think taylor forced some things to happen tried to make some things happen that, that he didn't need to uh, i think you know again it, it, it's it's one of those things that you you don't want him to feel like he has to make the big play all the time. He's just got to make the right play. He did some good things early on. He missed some throws early on, but he made some terrific plays. And and there's you know again, let's don't forget this is dude's only what sixth start, so there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some angst. Uh, but right now we're going to live with it because that's where we are. Yeah. They don't have much of an option. Uh, Jason Lock and Four are reporting tonight that Ryan Fitzpatrick could be back week seven. But I think there's there's definitely chances for Heineke to prove that he belongs to to have the job longer. And frankly, depending on how these next couple of games go and how Fitzpatrick were to potentially look in practice and how Heineke looks in practice and how Heineke plays, blah, 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 what your record is, you might get to a point where your record says, Playing Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't make any sense. Let's just keep getting Heineke experience, and if he goes on a run at the end of the year, then maybe we do consider him as a, as a viable starting option next year if there's not somebody that we really like in the draft. Or we bring him in, he competes with a second-round pick or something like that. Um, but he's probably a fringe starter in the league, and but not in the way that a lot of fringe starters are, where they just can't get it done on the top end. They can't make the plays. They can't do all that kind of stuff. It's, it, for Heineke, it's, it's the mistakes that are just killer. It's the stuff that's basic quarterbacking that you just can't do. You can't take four hitches on an over route out of your own end zone and try to throw a ball over a linebacker while you're staring the guy down. I mean, that's the, that's the 
in, the interception that he that's intended for DeAndre Carter on the sideline, like there's a moment, a split second, where if you're Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, you can zip that ball over the linebacker into a window. But DeAndre Carter's body language tells you everything. He knows he's not open. He doesn't continue to get depth on the route because he knows Heineke can't hit him. It's a hard throw that four guys in the world make. And you have to make it exactly on time. And he's way late. And he doesn't have the arm strength to make that throw anyway. And because he's late, it makes the throw even harder, a.k.a. impossible, because the linebacker is able to drop off into the route. Meanwhile, on the other end of the field, the interception is Samuel. Again, like this isn't this isn't either an arm strength or a ball placement issue. Like he doesn't understand how hard he's got to throw it or he can't throw it hard enough. Because that ball is underthrown in a situation where it should be high and outside. Like if the corner is underneath the receiver and he what what's supposed to happen is Samuel's supposed to run that route wide enough away from the boundary that there's a window for Heineke to throw it. Samuel can't do that. The coverage is too good. But then that throw is supposed to be outside of that, where maybe you can loop it in towards the pylon, but it's high, hard, and outside. And if Samuel can go up and get it, great. If not, it sails over his head. Part of NFL quarterbacking is knowing when, where, and how to miss. You can't miss that ball short because that's where the corner is. If you're going to miss it, miss it long. If you're going to miss the over route to DeAndre Carter, miss it out of bounds. Maybe he makes some miracle shoestring fingertip catch. But you got that ball can't be in play for the linebacker. It can't be to Samuel in play for the corner. If you're... If you're going to be checking the ball down, you can't be late to your check down, especially when you're him, by the way, because what comes after check down in a progression run run is a good option for Taylor Heineke. And he's done a great job of sliding and getting down and avoiding big hits. So if you're late to your check down, take off. And if something opens up, then great, create it. If not, throw it out of bounds, throw it at someone's feet. But like there's a play yesterday where he's way late to J.D. McKissick right over the middle and throws the ball in the middle of three defenders, and he doesn't even do it with any kind of urgency. He just kind of lobs the ball to the middle of the field, and you're like, what are you doing, man? This is the NFL. You can't do that. And somehow he got away with that one because it was a pass interference call. The old seven-yard DPI. First down, Washington. Cool. That's the stuff that, that that's why I tweeted yesterday. Heineke's playing himself out of a job because his down-in, down-out performance is pretty good. But every quarterback is going to make mistakes. The ones that stick in the league are the ones that understand when, where, and how to make those mistakes and the ones that you just can't make because they're too hard to win with on any kind of consistent basis. And that's Heineke's problem right now. He makes the plays that you can't make and have a chance to consistently win in this league. Especially, by the way, when you have a defense that can't be trusted on a short field because they can't be trusted on a long field either. Craig Hoffman with you on Overtime on the Fam. When we get back, Grant and Danny's chat with Terry McLaurin. He joins them every... 
every single Monday. If you missed it, you'll hear it on Overtime. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey everyone boomer esiason here the nfl draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one the free odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country the local voices who know your team the best giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad it's always football season right here on the free odyssey app Craig Hoffman with you on Overtime on the Fan each and every Monday after Washington football plays. Terry McLaurin joins Grant and Danny, and so we wanted to let you hear that conversation in case you missed it. You were at work a little earlier today. So here are the guys and Terry. So how do you grade yourself out? Your position is a dependent one, right? You need to be throwing the football, and you need to be throwing the football in places where you can catch the football, which didn't always Mm -hmm. happen yesterday. I mean, a lot of people will look at the numbers or the, the matchup and say, oh, you know, Lattimore handled his business or whatever. But, you know, you, you, all you can do is run around and get open. Like, how do you right. actually grade your own individual success in your mind after a matchup with an elite corner? Yeah, I mean, you, I think you look at the film and, um, you know, the, the film doesn't lie and you see opportunities where, um, you know, plays could be made and, you know, that sometimes they're not. And, you know, the other players going to make plays this, too, and you got to give him credit. He made some great plays as well. And um, it's just, I think you just got to try to take the good with the bad. I mean, I think a lot of times nowadays people get so fixated on stats. You know, obviously stats are a big part of what goes on um, in the game that we play. Um, but it's just a snapshot of, of the whole picture. And you look at the film, and you you got to grade it honestly, um, you know, and um, you just got to take – like I said, a good with the bad and, and try to improve going forward. So um, I felt confident going into into there. I felt like I, I um, you know, tried to make the most of my opportunities. And um, you know, now it's just about learning from it and, and going forward for next week. Terry, you're you're the consummate pro, and and you're able to to move on from from bad things. Whereas a lot of fans, you know, can get like fixated and get ticked off and, and kind of upset. Yeah. Give me just sort of inside your inside your mind a little bit. One to ten it for me. One, it's like a preseason loss. 
you know, doesn't matter. There's there's nothing hurt. And then ten would be this never happened to you, I don't think, but like you lost to Michigan on homecoming. You're right? Like give me right. that'd be like the worst case. What's a game like yesterday right. where where I feel like there was some frustration at times? Where, where would you rank on that scale? Um, I mean, I just think anytime you lose and you can't quite get a rhythm offensively um, over a, a full game, you're going to have frustrations. And um, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, I would rank this one four and Buffalo this and mm-hmm. this one that. I don't really look at it from a standpoint of that. It's just um, you kind of try to look at it from a, a, a full picture perspective. you got to look at yourself first and foremost and uh, take that accountability. And then you try to get on the same page and, and see what the quarterbacks are seeing and, um, how the other receivers were uh, playing as well. So I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very honest in the way I evaluate myself. I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have Drew and Hoss um, in, in the room with me being my coaches. And, um, you know, they, they evaluate us honestly. And you know when you're doing well and you know when you need to improve on some things. And I think I got a, um, a good balance of both. And I'm just, you know, going to continue to work at it. But um, I'm, I'm very pleased with the way I'm playing right now. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I care about wins and losses, honestly. And so when you lose, I mean, if you have a big game and you lose, it, it doesn't matter in the sense of, you know, it, it comes down to the wins and losses. So um, that's just always been my mindset dating back to when I just started playing football. I care about them wins. Obviously, you want to do well individually, but um, winning games, that's how everybody has success. Yesterday was a struggle offensively, right? I mean, the Saints have a good defense. You guys For averaged sure. about 4.9 yards per play, and there were some big opportunities. You guys got the ball to start the right. game at their 31. You only got five yards, had to kick a field goal. A couple others of drives that started inside the 50 that didn't net touchdowns. What right. did they do that presented so many problems? And just give us an idea of how you grade out the performance on O yesterday. Yeah, I think you got to give them credit. They're a very strong defense. Um, we knew, obviously, um, you know, they're – their run defense was good. Their red zone defense was really good. And, um, you know, they play the pass well. I just think they're a very disciplined team. Um, they do a good job of passing things off. Um, they're very communicative back there. And so you don't really see a lot of blown coverages from them. So you didn't really see a lot of guys running free uh, yesterday. And that just makes you work for it. It makes you be more efficient. It makes you have to be on point with every single rep and every single snap. And, you know, I felt like the defense gave us some opportunities early with some turnovers and favorable field position, and it's our job to execute and capitalize on that. And, um, you know, we just got to do a better job of that and get, get into the red zone scoring touchdowns instead of field goals. And I think as the offense, you know, watching the film today, that was one of the biggest things that stood out. And, um, you know, we just got to be more efficient with those opportunities that we get. Terry, you mentioned, and Terry McLaurin with us here on Grant and Danny, you mentioned field position. We're Trustway yeah. guys on this show. We love Trustway. But right. that dude, Blake Gilligan or Gilligan or Mill, whatever, that dude's unbelievable. Yeah. He, he yeah. what a game he had! But yeah. pinning you guys deep a couple times inside the five, that one yard line, whatever. Right. Does that kind of change what you guys can do back there? Go into that process where it's like, well, let's just eliminate this half of the play sheet. We need a little bit of space right there. How does that influence uh, what you guys are able to do? Almost definitely, you're kind of throwing it back to my special teams days in college. <laughs> um, you know, one thing our coaches preached about is field position, and that changes games. I mean, um, when you're able to flip the field like they were able to do, and that was kind of out of our return teams that um our return teams um is kind of out of their control he you got to give that their punter credit you know he was positioning positioning those punts unlike anything i've ever seen playing football ever in my life and you got to give them the credit and that just changed it changed the play calling it changes kind of the feeling you have you know when you're backed up on your one yard line you're just trying to get off your one yard line you know i mean you're just trying to get 
some space so you could call some more efficient plays. Um, and we were constantly, you know, starting back there, starting back there. It's just tough. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you still get the opportunity to have the ball in your possession, and it's our job to uh, execute. And we just got to do a better job of that no matter what the field position is. But it does play a big role when you're able to pin your opposing team back at like you are, and especially when you have a strong defense. So, um, you know, you got to give them the credit for that. Terry, I was really impressed with DeAndre Carter. Is that yeah. Is that what he is? I mean, is he a wide receiver? I, I just always thought he was kind of a yeah, journeyman kick returner. Yeah, man. I, I mean, uh, DeAndre, he's, he's such a great person, first of all, and he's, and he's a great player. I think, um, you know, I've, we have the same agent, so we have a more of a personal relationship. I didn't really know as much of his personal journey as I do now. And, you know, the teams that, you know, have cut him in the past, and he just continued to fight and claw and, and make his way and, and 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 just try to execute when he gets his opportunity. And, um, you know, when you see him back there as a returner, I've never seen a guy get mad when there's touchbacks and <laughs> get mad when the punt is kicked out of bounds because you just – it means so much to him, and he just wants to make uh, plays for this team. And for a guy to come in and make the plays that he's been able to do on special teams, not only special teams, but come in and play outside receiver in this league and make some big catches for us over these past two weeks, I mean, it just speaks to the player and the person that he is. And, um, I'm so happy for him because he deserves this, uh, these opportunities that he's getting, and he's maximizing them. And I know, um, you know, our coach is going to continue to try to put him in a situation to be successful, and he's earned it. So um, I'm really looking forward to see how he helps us going forward as a receiver and in the return game. How does it change things for you when there are so many injuries in that receiver room, right? When a bunch of guys weren't, weren't up this week and Curtis Samuel goes out after a, a few snaps in the game and it's kind of right. in flux. How does it change what you might have to do over the course of a game? Yeah, I mean, you you got to kind of understand, um, you know, when guys go down, you just got to raise your level of play a little bit more. Um, you know, you may have to take a few more of those touches that Logan may get during the game or Curtis or other guys like that. But, I mean, I got to speak to the guys that came in, you know, uh, for the guys that were down. I think um, one player that played really well, obviously, was Hump. He came in and, um, you know, he was really good, a good job of running after the catch and finding those zones. And uh, Dax Milne, I think, um, it didn't show up in the stat sheet, but when you watch that film, man, he was turning guys around. He made that unbelievable catch on the sideline that kept this kept the drive going. And um, he's a young player that just makes the most of his opportunities. He doesn't really say a lot, but um, he is where he needs to be when he needs to be there. And um, when you got guys like that and DeAndre coming in, uh, where they may not be starters, but you, they come in and they make an impact. I mean, that that just gives you depth and gives you confidence. I know it gives Coach Turner confidence to. Uh, call those guys numbers, and I don't think we're afraid to just throw it to one guy. I think when guys like we have have um, are able to make those plays all across the field, then um, you know it just makes us a, a, a more um, potent offense. What was your view of the Hail Mary at the end of the half? Where were you at? What was going on? Uh, I was on the sideline, um, and you just see him dropping back. I saw everybody running down, and you know the ball went up, and they caught it. So. Um, you know, that was that was tough, obviously, going into the half, but um, we had the ball coming out of half um, and had the opportunity to answer. So, um, you know, that's, just, that's all my mindset was. We're going into the halftime, you know, and we get the ball at half and we just try to try to make something happen. And we didn't, and, and you know, that's on us as an offense. So, um, I, and I just try to focus on myself individually and then the offense. And, um, you know, I know the defense is going to uh, continue to just try to improve and, and handle what they need to handle. 
Matt Ioannidis had a really interesting comment about that, Terry, that I'd never really thought of, but it makes a lot of sense because that's a that's a mm-hmm. freaky play. That never happens, right? That's once, yeah, once a season right. type of thing. Um, when that does happen, it's hard to not start talking about it, and it's a buzz thing. Right. And obviously, it's, it's not in a positive direction for you guys. How tough is it to be able to sort of move past that, as you kind of alluded to, to do something to start the second half? Um, I mean, well, you have to. Uh, otherwise, you kind of come out, um, you know, flat and – um, you know, momentum happens in, in football games. They grab the momentum, and it's our job as offense. We had the opportunity to try to grab it back. And like I said, going forward, we want to do a better job of just being more efficient with our drives and um, help the defense out in that standpoint. But um, they're going to make plays. The opposing teams are going to make plays. Um, obviously, you want to um, do your, your the best to um, limit what you can, but they're going to make plays too. you got to give them give them that credit and, you know, you just try to, to move forward and, and – and that was just kind of the message going into halftime, moving forward and, and, and trying to, you know, make make things back in our in our favor. Tara, I wanted to ask you about Heineke. I mean, yeah. He struggled yesterday, obviously. That's going to happen. And with because of his history, we all wonder, okay, is this regression or what have you. But I want to know, as a mm-hmm. receiver on the field, can you tell that in-game? Like, all right, he's fighting it a little bit. I got to do a little more for him. Is that something in real time before you watch the film where you can tell that – even the easy stuff isn't easy today? Yeah, I mean, I think um, my mindset is always just trying to be as QB-friendly as possible, um, you know, especially with the opportunities I do get. Uh, you want to make those plays, and, you know, obviously he's going to take accountability for for his performance, and that's the great thing about Taylor. He always um, he wants to always put it on, on his shoulders, and I think it's admirable of him, but uh, I think it, it takes all of us to help him out more. And, um you know, we're just going to continue to try to um, help him out where we can and, and make those opportunities for him. But um, he's going to, you know, take that accountability for the plays that he feels like he needs to improve on, and we'll just move forward from it. But my mindset kind of, uh, whether there's ups and downs in the game, you just, whatever that next play is, you want to make it for that for that player. You know what I mean? So that's kind of always been my mindset, and it's going to continue to be my mindset. It's probably a fine line to walk, though, right, between, like, so yeah. like he knows he's struggling. Like he's aware he's playing enough footballs. It, like like some guys probably don't want to be talked to. Other guys need it. Like how, how do you yeah. sort of approach it with, with Taylor? Maybe it's differently than 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 some other guys that you played with. Yeah, I mean, I think you're always just trying to be encouraging. Now, that's just not with Taylor. That's with all my teammates. You know what I mean? Because um, you want you will want the same in return. You know what I mean? And I think it comes down to um, just being there and, and supporting each other, even when you may have some off plays. You may be. Uh, struggling here and there. That's football. You're not going to make every single last play. Obviously, you want to make more than you miss, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you just want to support your, your teammate that's back there. And um, I support him. I have always have, and I, and I always will. I support all our quarterbacks and um, and my guys on my team because that's, that's what it's about, you know what I mean? If you don't have the support of your teammates, then what do you really have at the end of the day? Um, because you're the, we're the ones competing with each other trying to get the job done. Well said. You can tell why a lot of people – Really like Terry McLaurin being in Burgundy and Gold. Uh, is there a play that you guys have where you go back there or someone else on offense goes back there at the goal line and like that they could have called if they thought there was going to be a Hail Mary? Is that a thing in the playbook? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't. Not to my knowledge, I don't think we have any offensive players that go and try to defend the Hail Mary. Gotcha. But we do. We practice that um, in in our walkthroughs before the games. So um, you know, those odd situations come up where you gotta, you know, possibly go get a Hail Mary. So 
you know, we have that in our in our repertoire as well. And you just have to practice those because you never know when they're going to come up. Last one for me. Chiefs coming up now. This is one yeah. of those games where it's got to be a dream for a receiver to play. And number one, their defense can't stop anybody. And number two, every game they play in seems to be a shootout. And it's like, who gets to 40-some first? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about this matchup? This has to be football at its most fun as a wideout. Yeah, well, I, I kind of go in with an... Um, you know, just an open mind when I go to watch the film. I don't really dictate or predetermine, um, you know, future success based off of what they've shown. Now, obviously, the the best indication of future is the past, but um, you got to really take each game separately. You can't necessarily think because Buffalo or somebody else has success against this team that you're going to have to. You got to do the preparation. You got to start from ground ground zero and start. Uh, preparing from there and then it's about executing so you can prepare all you want or think because you know they may give up plays here and there that you're going to have that success if you don't prepare for those moments or those opportunities when they do come then you're just going to miss those opportunities so I think going into this week you know we have a chance to play at home again and and try to get a win against uh, a very high playoff and Super Bowl caliber team and and you know it's, it's time for us to just um, you know, try to execute uh, uh, better than we have and, and go from there. But um, obviously you don't want to get in the shootout with anybody, but we just got to be prepared for whatever happens on Sunday. It's Terry McLaurin each and every Monday, 4 p.m. with Grant and Danny. If you missed it earlier, you just heard it right here on The Fan. Say you came through halfway through our replay. Guess what? You're, you're just fine still. The podcast will be up tomorrow or right now. Anytime between now and 4 o'clock tomorrow, 24 hours, you can use the rewind feature on the Odyssey app. That's it. That's the show. We'll talk to you on Wednesday night on Overtime. Tech Talk Live is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 